Welcome to What Builders Don't Tell Their Clients with your host, Joel Miner. Listening to the show, you'll learn how to avoid the unnecessary pain and avoidable costs that commonly occur in the building and renovating process. Joel will also inspire you with his knowledge, experience and ideas on how to make your home a place to suit your lifestyle for years to come. Hello and welcome back to another episode of What Builders Don't Tell Their Clients. So this week I'm catching up with a builder who lives in Sydney near the Blue Mountains. Now, this guy is a guru when it comes to specialising in custom-built and architecturally designed homes. He doesn't give himself enough credit, just some of the conversations I've had with him and, and what he brings and the knowledge he has is is really amazing. So, you know, he also does knockdown and rebuilds, but in this podcast what I wanted to talk about is that a lot of people don't know where to start or what to do when it comes to you know designing or renovating a home and and we run through some of the things um, trying to help you help your builder to work out what your vision is and and being able to turn that into a home so whether you're renovating or building new this is going to be a podcast for you to be able to help you get clear on what you want but also figuring out what your builder uh, will need to be able to help you out in the best way possible so he owns a company called split building uh, Demir Djokovic, welcome to the show. Thanks, y'all. Thanks for having me. No worries. So, tell, first of all, tell us what you do for people who don't know you. Okay. Yeah. So, look, I've got a team of carpenters and builders. Um, we we love doing um, uh, custom homes for people. Um, so, we're not only just building the homes; we're helping them with their design as well. Um, and uh, they're Usually, um, a little bit, I know you'd call it on the upper end of the scale home, somewhere between the, the half mil to a mil. So, um, so people probably more or less looking to probably build a house or a dream, more or less their dream home? It, it is pretty much, yeah, the, more like their forever home. Um, and it wouldn't be for that person who's just entering the market. It would be someone who's maybe had a, a couple of homes before that and, and finally know exactly what they want, um, but just need, you know, someone to, to just refine it, come up with it a little bit and, um, and improve on, on what they think. Yeah. I guess, uh, I guess people need. like, like that first, first built building first time. I like, I hear a lot of people say that you build, when you build the first home, don't go all out because you'll figure out quite quickly that when you do build it, it's not exactly what you want. And you want to change a heap of things on the next one. Oh, correct. Yeah, I hear it hundreds of times, you know, like, um, uh, yeah, should have done this, should have done that. You know, I wish I went a little bit bigger or I went too big there. But uh, I think the the key is having a good team uh, of people to work with um, and you'll soon find out, you know, if, you, if they're the right people because, um, you, you know, the process of, of design will flow really nicely. Um, you should be really comfortable with the people that you're working with as well. Um, and they should have the knowledge and this, you know, um, and, and the tools to be able to, um, uh, make your, uh, sorry, uh, put your vision together. Um, so you can see it in a way that makes you feel comfortable as well. Yes. That builder understands them. It's, and I know you said before you do sort of design as well. So you'll basically take a client from, you know, when they're at that, what do I do stage to concept to completion yep so you'll guide them through them steps yes yeah, so i'd be guiding them through the steps but i'm not doing it alone so immediately um after interviewing the client um i've 
got a few uh, people in mind at that stage who I think they would be uh, suitable to work with. Um, and then I'll introduce that designer. Um, and if you know they're not comfortable with that particular designer, um, then I'll introduce them to the next one. And then, you know, I, I don't want our customers to work with anyone they don't feel comfortable with. So that is one of the first parts of the process. Yeah. And so do you find like people, because I, I talk to a few people too and they always go, look, I had one um, couple I was talking the day. He said, look, we just don't know where to go or what to do. And do you find people sort of think going to the designer first and getting their plans drawn, they think sometimes that's the better way to go rather than involving or seeing a builder first? I, I, I do come across um, that quite often. Um, and I think their mindset is that they, they've they've got a clear idea of what things cost or they're being guided by the designer or the architect what things cost. But in true fact that, you know, you don't know what it's going to cost until you have a builder have a look at it and um, and uh, and do some real costings. Um, so, yeah, I, I do get both, both sides. Yeah, coming come to us. Um, and... Sometimes you do get the the person who um, has crossed over halfway through the initial, um, and then have come us come to us and said, "Oh, geez, I wish we had you involved at the very beginning because um, we've we've we're now on revision three, um, where we could have nutted all this out in revision one or something like that, and and not wasted some good money um, through those two revisions that we had before, you know." So. What, why is that? Is that because you, like, is that because the suggestions or ideas or the way you can say, look, this way might be more cost effective or this might be better suited for what you're after? Or is, is that sort of why it sort of sims down on the revisions with that side of things and costings with the architect? Oh, well, look, after um, all our initial discussions, you can kind of gauge what size the building's going to look like and, or be and what the finishes are going to um, encompass um, and you kind of got a figure in your head already and you know you get that figure in your head after you know doing hundreds and hundreds of quotes and you get that experience up and uh, and uh, then you can kind of guide them um, when they're looking outside of, of what they're able to afford uh, and just you can pull the clients back um, into reality because um, you know the expectations are, are sometimes a lot greater than you know what they can afford. Um, sorry, that that one, <laughs> Joel. Hey, head of that one, Will. Well, that was an interesting topic I was going to bring up as the is the budget side of things too. Well, yeah, the the budget thing. Okay, I'll tell you something about budgets, um, and it's an it's a conversation that always comes up with architects and designers, and they. All pretty much all the ones that I know um, have have not met a client that's had a budget bigger than their expectations. <laughs> <laughs> like he said, not not met one. Not met one. Yeah, it's it's it, yeah, pretty much. So, but you know, the reality is like the price of things change so rapidly as well. Um, where I'm relied on heavily to uh, provide that advice to the designers and architects, you know, um, as before they used to be pretty confident in doing so. But I think 
over the last five years, things have rapidly changed um, in terms of pricing. So there's something off kilter happening there. Yeah, and I guess I suppose it's probably used to be the square meter rate, you know, X amount of squares for this or X amount of squares for that. But when you're doing custom built homes and and things oh, that are not, there's not one home like the next. It's you know people go in with a five hundred thousand dollar budget and walk out with a million dollar set of plans. Happens, happens, happens. Yeah, uh, look, it's probably happened to me about six times in the last four months. And yeah. what what kind of costs does that involve for the client? Like they've got them plans done and they don't have the they're not well, have the financial capacity to be able to <laughs> afford it. Yeah, well, it depends on what stage I get involved at. Like I've I've, I've um, just been introduced to some, to some clients and they've already got past their preliminary design and, and are now looking at getting some uh, engineering done and so on. And then I've looked at those plans and just gone, oh, that's a, that's a 1.2 mil build at least and their budget's 600. So they've already pretty, spent... Pretty close. They've already spent a good portion of their planning costs, you know, which uh, for a million-dollar build, they're probably looking at around $20,000, $30,000 you know, for, for a good set of plans uh, ready to be uh, lodged to council, you know. So, um, but, um, you know, uh, I, I, I do get a lot of, well, I guess most of the people that I've dealt with um, always come to us with a little budget, but, you know, we can always uh, explain why things are costing so much these days and, and soon, um, they get a, a, a really good idea. Um, and I guess, you know, when we do break up our quotes and show them what everything costs and the whole involvement behind it, you know, they soon realise that, you know, you can't, you can't build things uh, for $1,000 a square metre anymore, you know, or, or in $1,500 a square metre. Just no. you know, if, you, if you're looking at those kind of prices, then um, it's not custom homework. Mm. Uh, it is, you know, project you know, not even a project home these days costs a thousand dollars a square meter. Yeah, that's that's gone. No, it's yeah, it's, <laughs> out, it's out the window. And it's out the window. It's do, only. You, do you think, like, if someone was like ha, for them to when they're looking at building or renovating or whatever they're looking at doing, do you think they really need like someone that's looking at doing this needs to have a really honest conversation with themselves or their partner on what their actual budget is going to be? Yeah, but I think the only way to really show them what it's going to cost is when you start getting into those those um, those first few quotes that you present to them. Um, that'll give them a really good understanding. Um, and I mean, the the way that I always treat our customers is let's just quote you know to your dream, and then um, you know we'll just pull back to wherever you feel comfortable. But you know you the, the the items cost what they cost. I can't change what they cost. You just have to look at the scope of work and then just, you know, cross out what you can't afford and then you'll, you'll get to, you know, what you can afford and, and it'll, it'll most likely still be a, a beautiful home. Uh, we might just have to scale it back in size a little bit or, you know, tune down, you know, the, the quality of, you know, some of the materials. Finishes um, and stuff, I suppose. Yeah, finishes and so on. So, but, uh, I mean... You know, you can achieve the same look in many different ways, um, but you know, you, it's it's quality too that you you really want to um, present to your clients. But you know, the workmanship is always at one standard, which is quite good. Um, but you know, it, it might just be those fix, fixtures and finishes that 
help you get those prices down to yeah. to what's manageable in there in I their su- eyes. I suppose size plays a big part of it too. So, oh yeah, definitely. But I mean, look, we've designed homes exactly how our clients want it. Um, then priced it and needed to reduce it by 20%. So we've taken 20% out of the build size and the home was still, you know, more than what they ever expected. You know, it was still huge, you know. So um, uh, the, the best people to, to get that picture across uh, are the designers, you know. So they've got some wonderful tools to help, um, you know, explain, you know, what room sizes are and, and, and so on. They've got... Yeah, because I suppose if they know what's get, or not going in there, but like bedrooms and stuff, they can say, well, bedroom, the cupboard it needs to be this size to be able to fit. Because I, I have here a lot of people sort of say, oh, hey, we don't know how to big, how big to make this or that. And it's like, well, what's going on there? And then the designer can help you out with all that sort of stuff. Cause oh, that's it. Yeah, bedrooms have got to be a minimum 3.5 by 3.5, you know, and land room 6 by 6s and, and so on. So, yeah, for sure. They've, they've got all those details that, you know, we don't have off the top of our you know, head. Yeah, so it's yeah. great to rely on them for all that information and, and trust too. So, yeah, definitely. Um, I guess we sort of build it. We don't design the thing to make it work, really, do we? Yeah, that's it. And they've got some super tools as well at the moment. You know, with um, virtual reality and three D. Do you do much of that stuff, or do you take any of your clients through that? Like, is that um, something we do? Use? It's um, it's another level of cost, which is not not a lot. Like, it's not huge amounts. Um. Uh, look for an extra six hundred dollars. You'll be putting the the VR goggles on and walking through the house finished. You know, um, for for like an extra couple of hundred bucks. You know, we can send a link to your phone, and uh, you know you can walk through um, and you know see the house in, in all different angles. You can actually look through um, on the phone, but you know when you put it on the PC, you can you can still walk through as you would when you're actually using the program yourself. That's so. cool because I think that's brilliant because a lot of people, str- I think a lot of people like I know I talk to a lot of clients and they struggle to see visually like they can't, they just they can see a piece of paper with a heap of drawings and lines and stuff on it and they've really got no idea. Yeah, I, I do myself and so I can relate to the people, um, you know, when someone's talking and I'm trying to explain something, you know, I, I, I'm like, well, it's hard for me to visualise too. Like I need to see something built um, and then with this new technology that's come through, it's like, is amazing you know so it's so easy to make a really good choice now you know so and then they can say no we don't like that we want to change that before they've even before you've even started building exactly you know like you can go to um you know the smallest little details like the thickness of bench tops you know like, and the door tops and handles and and even the tapware and all that stuff you know you can, you can get um every um uh, company that will supply now um provides you know a little file that you can you know add to your revit program so you can have their product added into the plans. Yeah, so, you know. so what Revit is? Revit uh, the design software which does a three D. Is that what it is? Um, well, Revit's like uh, the um, AutoCAD type program. So you draw your plans and all that kind of stuff on there. Um, but for the actual um, virtual reality and stuff like that, that's another add on to to Revit as well. Yeah. So I don't know the name of that actual program. Yep. So I don't own a license for it. Um, so I just, you know, I'm subcontracting that work out to the guys. Yep. Um, and when we're talking planning and stuff like that in my office, I mean, we'll just be using, um, uh, what's it called? Um, uh, team viewer, 
to um, log into theirs. And um, yeah, we're, we're using our office to, to go through the plans and make adjustments. So it's pretty cool. Yes, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, when, so when people do come through the designing stage, um, like what do you like them to bring to the table or be able to be sort of pretty clear on? Like is it, you know, it's a lot of people sort of say, oh, look, we're not sure on what we want, but is there anything that helps you out when people are coming to see you or you really like them to have or, or photos or anything like that? Oh, man, if they can bring whatever whatever they want, as, as much information as, as they can, it is great, you know. Um, but it's all down to, you know, what land they've got. You know, do they want a double story or a single story? Uh, how many bedrooms? Uh, and then what it, the building will do, it will start to evolve. Um, and then the more ideas will just keep getting spilled out. And if you've got a good designer, you know, you can pretty much start modelling the the building at whilst the actual clients are, are there in front of you, you know what I mean? So you're not actually going back and forth with emails. Yep. Um, it's, it's just happening right there in front of them. So it's pretty good. It's pretty crazy with some designers. You see, you'll be talking and while you're talking, they're just like turning the words into drawings and you're like, eh. so yeah, yeah it, is, it is pretty good to see what, you know, yeah. how they yeah, do but it. I mean, the typical questions they get asked, you know, you know, you do like a Hampton style or do like something that's contemporary or, you know, a cottage or, or something, you know, obviously, you know, what types of facades, you know, bricks or cloud or, 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 or things like that, you know, like a flat roof or a, or a pitch roof, you know, so they're all the questions that are going to help get that initial design together. Um, but, you know, some people come along and say, look, I like this design. Can we just do something a little bit different that suits our block? And then, and, goes that way as well yeah and it's good when they have that sort of in their head already because most of the time they've you know this is what we like and we just want to tweak it rather than yeah. someone coming to you with no photos or nothing and being like uh we want to build a house yeah that's or, it like, what, uh, what style what kind yeah like when we were building our house like i just went to our architect i just showed him an instagram photo um i said that you know i need x amount of rooms um i need plenty of car space um and you know storage for all my gear and all that stuff um and you know my budget is this much um uh, and so it was like uh, well how can we maximize your budget you know well things that cost a lot of money is corners um you know big pitch roof and all that stuff so we can have like a bit of a, a flatter roof um and more of a boxy or a rectangular house um, then you know you're going to maximise your, your your budget because you can put something there that's a, a bigger you know because you're not spending too much money on these little fiddly details. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so, do you see any pro- well apart from like the budget problem when it comes to designing? Do you see any other common problems that people make when it does when they do design? Oh, look, I I think that sometimes people build something that's way too big for what they need. Yep. Or they, they want something that's way too big for what they need. Um, and, uh, you know, usually when it's way too big, you know, their budget is always way too small as well. Um, so getting the, the, the size right uh, is, is probably one of the most difficult, I reckon, as, well, I don't know, uh, the choices to make, I'd say. Yeah. So you don't want to go too big, you don't want to go too small. Just yeah. trying to find exactly... They- they don't yeah. want to build a house that they get a house and wish we'd gone a little bit bigger. And, That's then, it. and everyone then likes to stretch as much as they can to have a house as, as big as they can afford too. 
that's it, you know. So you've always got that budget that you've got to work with and and trying to convince people um, that, you know, you can only afford something uh, that's this size is, is really difficult. So that's probably our toughest job. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if people are looking for a custom home builder or they are looking for someone, what are some of the things, I know you sort of touched on it before, but what are some of the things they should be looking for or, or things they should feel? Um, I guess maybe there's um, a particular style of home that a builder uh, is really into. It's the niche type of, of home. Um, so maybe they've got to look for a builder that can provide that particular type of home. And uh, I guess references is always good. Um, uh, what else would they should look for? I guess, you know, you have to uh, get along with your actual builder. I think that's one of the most important things. So if you guys aren't getting off uh, on that right foot from, from the get-go, then it's not going to be a really good relationship at the very end of the build, is it? You know? No, because you are there for quite a long time and, you know, what what are your sort of average builds sort of go for? Yeah, oh, look, uh, eight to ten months, eight, maybe 12 months. Um, the longest one's been 14 months. Every day. Uh, so that's a long time. That's a long Definitely. time. Every day for, what, five five days a week you're there, contact yeah. back and forward, pretty much living, right. living with them. Yeah, and, um, yeah, just um, making sure that you can be up front you know, with your builder um, and uh, there's there's good response times between, you know, emails and so on. Um, like you don't want a builder to be that busy that he never gets back to you and so on. So your communication levels have got to be quite high, I'd say, and, and responsive, you know. So I think one of the biggest complaints I hear is, you know, like they never get back to me, you know. It's hard to, hard to contact the builder. I guess um, maybe a key point with, with custom building is making sure that you can contact the builder direct. Um, you yeah, haven't got to deal with like, like you're saying, like having got to deal with their sales agent or someone, someone sort of in between, not the yeah. builder directly. Yeah. I think having good access to the builder, I think is, is pretty important because uh, these are, are one-off things. It's not something that is being mass produced and you can, you know, um, pass on to a, a carpenter that's probably just got out of his time and, and you know, it's been done many times before and he's got a program he's, he's, he's working to um, and all the suppliers are already, you know, uh, locked in. All the rates are locked in, you know, all the, um, I guess the uh, specifications are all locked in, you know, with custom stuff, it's, it's, it's always changing, you know, um, and you need someone who can make the decisions, um, you know, uh, at, the, at on the fly um, to be done. Yeah, when there's, you know, there's, there's stuff that pops up. Like, there's always something that pops up, isn't there? Oh, there is. There's always changes that, you know, people go, oh, well, you know, we had this in the quote, um, but I've just recently seen this product, you know, and then they want to have a conversation about it and, th and then they go, can we change it? You know, and um, typically with um, a project home, that's, that's a big no-no. Um, but with custom work, you know, it's it's nothing for us to be able to just, um, you know, change it. It's 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 quite easy. Um, sometimes it's a little bit frustrating, uh, depending on the product and where it's coming from, and you know, then you've got lead times and all that kind of stuff. Delays, there. Yeah. Delays, yeah. But I guess if you're communicating that well with um, your client or or your builder, um, then you know you can get over those problems pretty quickly. But if you have got a few different levels of management um, between um, you know, something can get lost. 
So I think um, having some good direct communication with the builder is is key yeah. for custom work. Yeah. It, and you just said delays there on products. So pe- people making changes is probably something they're not a lot aware of too. Like they like if they make a change halfway through a build, they've got to like. Do you let them know? Say, hey, look up front. If if we need to make changes or something happens, that's fair enough. But if you decide to change your mind and then it delays things, that there is going to be an extra cost involved because you know you put one, you offset one thing, it's like a big domino effect. Yeah, and but these are the conversations that we have uh, in our in our first initial meetings, um, and that's to make sure that we have a pretty good understanding um, of each other and and when things do change, that you know these are the processes that we have to go through. And, and this could be the um, ramifications for those changes. So, so if you have those conversations up front, then when it does occur, it's a lot easier to manage. So if people want to know more info about you, where's the best place to contact you or get in touch with you? And, you know. Yeah, okay. So look, we've just um, uh, put a new website up. It's www.splitbuilding.com.au. Uh, um, there's plenty of information there that you might want to look through before contacting us um and then uh there is a an actual uh, area where you can um make direct contact with us there's a phone number up there as well you can see us on uh, facebook there's instagram as well um or we'll just give us a call all right no worries Demir. thanks for your time appreciate it thanks y'all that's it for this week's episode of What Builders Don't Tell Their Clients, brought to you by Refined Space Constructions. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Thank you for listening.